is sad to me that you can't have fun without it because I look at life as such a beautiful thing. I look at life and my friends and, you know, the opportunities I have, man, I don't need it. I'd rather be on a natural high. And so I do think that you have to rethink it because to me, the only person that drunkenness looks good to are other people who are drunk. Now, unfortunately, alcohol is one of those things and sometimes drugs too, is that it, it removes your natural inhibitions. Right. You know, so it starts to make you do things that in your normal mind, which is why I think God defines it as sin is because, hey, man, when you've affected your sobriety, when you have taken down your natural inhibitions, you have altered your state of being. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn. Steve Arslick here with me. And Steve, I've been reading this uh, book on the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And I said it in another podcast. If you start feeling good about yourself, just go read that book and you probably won't feel good about yourself forever because he he hits on everything. Like the one he was hitting on was overeating, actually, like gluttony is one of the seven deadly mm-hmm. sins. <clears throat> so I was thinking, well, yeah, I'm not really a big overeater, but if you look at how much stuff we have in the society, it's it's killer. I've been in yard sales and make you sick because you see how much stuff these people have and you're like... They actually, somebody went and bought all this stuff. Like, how many toys does one kid need? So I think in a, there's an overage in a lot of different things that we do. And drinking is not an exception. And the one part that he really focuses in on is over drinking. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about from that perspective. Now, in I have some stats here, and I'll get your input on that. 2019, so this isn't that far back, a couple years ago, 25.8% of all people 18 and older uh, almost 30% of the men in this age group, 22% of the women reported that they engaged in binge drinking in the past month. This one in every four people said in the last month, they had been binge drinking 18 years old and older. I, does that sound like a lot? I mean, it does to me. Not well from my own binge experience. Drinking. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't, I don't have any reason to doubt it. Oh, I don't doubt it at all. I think <laughs> it shouldn't know? be going on. That's what yeah. I think. Uh, that's a, so they reported that uh, 6.3%, eight, more men than women have the problem, actually, uh, reported they engaged in heavy alcohol use in the past month. 88,000 people die from alcohol-related deaths each year in the United States. In 2018, 10,500 alcohol-impaired driving fatalities, 29% of all traffic fatalities are associated, somehow connected with alcohol use. Mm -hmm. So you look at it, not a lot of people really say much about it. Like, you don't hear a ton about it. You don't hear... uh, our politicians saying, hey, what are we going to do about these 88,000 people? They'll talk all about COVID deaths and say, oh, you know, this month or whatever loan is the same as Vietnam War. We have more people dying in the Vietnam than in the Vietnam War in one year of alcohol-related diseases, and you hardly hear people about it. Yeah, and I think, well, because it's just one of those uh, socially acceptable norms. Um, 
I mean, I think about, you know, we're inundated with it. It doesn't matter what sporting event's going on, whether it's Budweiser or somebody sponsoring the event. Right. You know, everything is glorified, and it just looks good, and it looks cool. I mean, we just went through spring break. You can see all the things that people do down spring break down in Florida. I mean, it's just, it's just part right. of culture. It's just so much something that's socially acceptable. And that's not just kids. We're picking on kids. I mean, let's get to real adults. I mean, right. how many people just the wineries, they flourish, uh, the right. bars, they flourish. Right. Uh, most successful restaurants are only successful if they also have a liquor license. So right. why is that? Right. You know, uh, those types of things, I think it's because we, it's just so part of people ingrained in their lives. Uh, We've got to the point where, you know, just to relieve stress, oh, I need a drink. Right. Um, it's our way of just coping or just a stress relief or all these types of things. And well, I get gluttony. I mean, you tired start talking about gluttony. How do we put, I mean, you know, jelly beans. I think about, I got to watch jelly beans. I can't have one. I got to have the whole bag. Right. When I drank, <laughs> I couldn't just have one. I had to wait. You know, I would, I never knew when I was going to stop, you know, right. and it's like, I'm an all in kind of guy. So right. I get all this. <laughs> one of the reasons I stayed away from drinking is because <laughs> it's like me and hot peppers. Oh, I don't like just hot peppers. Yeah. I like hot, hot peppers. I don't want just like mild hot wings. I want hot. I know I'd be the same with alcohol. I wouldn't want just the tame stuff. You know, give me the hard stuff, burn it all the way down. I mean, that's the stuff I'd probably be after myself. But 65 million Americans report binge drinking within a month's time. That's more 40% of total of all alcohol users. Now, one thing I was impressed with, it did seem like not everybody drank. It seemed like when you look at the statistics of drinking at all, it's not like 99% of the country is drinking. It seemed like maybe half or more were drinking, actually drinkers. And there's a lot of people, I was kind of impressed. I'm like, well, there really are a lot of people who don't drink. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, good. Yeah, and I, I encourage people, don't did. don't get into it if it's something you're not comfortable with, where you feel, you know, because it's like the socially cool thing to do. Or, or as you said, you know, you're going to self-medicate yourself because you have woes and you're, you're doing it just to take care of that because, you know, there, there's a saying, drown your sorrows. Oh, and yeah. so you're going to drown your sorrows in, you know, uh, beer, or wine or hard liquor. I mean, I, I, think, I think the reality is, is no matter what the actual numbers are, I mean, if anybody is to, being totally honest with themselves, we have seen the devastations of alcoholism in our society. We have seen it in the devastations of marriages. We have seen it in devastations of family lives. We have, I mean, if you, nobody has even, I almost find it hard to believe that somebody's family or life or somewhere hasn't been touched by some alcohol problem out there or that even people who may be casual social drinkers haven't experienced some bad experiences because of alcohol whether it be getting that dui or even in being cautious and doing it but yet you still put will jump in that vehicle and take a risk driving or you make a fool of yourself or you make a drunk. fool of yourself publicly or you know right. all these types i mean i think the, the 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 vast stretches of alcohol has affected so many people i would say probably the the way more vast majority i mean i think the people who probably have never been touched by alcohol is probably so small it'd be difficult to see yeah i, I think my life's been touched by alcohol i just don't touch alcohol and right. one of the reasons i don't touch alcohol is because my life has been i mean my brother was an alcoholic uh it seemed I, I like guess that's my point I had certain, somewhere somebody has yeah. seen and, and suffered a duck, the consequences of alcoholism in their family right. i mean the thing that i used to not like and i don't want to get into it's a public podcast and it can go anywhere so i don't i'm not going to run any particular family member you know under oh, the absolutely. bus no, however no. I did have a family member who every time I was around them had to be drinking. And as you grow up and you think about these things, 
you start to think, well, what was wrong with me that you couldn't handle me without alcohol? Like that you couldn't handle having a conversation. And I've also thought this, if you have to drink to have fun around me, or you you have friends where the only way you can have fr- have fun with your friends is a drink, you need new friends. Because if, if you have, if I'm that, if but you don't like my company enough that you can't not drink and we just can't enjoy each other to enjoy each other, then I would say that's where to me, alcohol becomes a, an issue because now you can't just enjoy that sunset. You can't enjoy that booty, uh, that beauty that God has put there or the friends that God has in your life without alcohol being part of it. I'm like, man, that's kind of sad to me because that alcohol isn't nearly as significant as is the beauty that's around you, the friendships that you have, the conversations you can have and being in your full wits to me is far more significant than yeah, but I, and, and that's that's part of the the weirdness of it. I think is that it isn't even anything personal against you. It's like it's it's just so part of our ingrained lifestyles. It's so part of if you are in that culture at all, or if you're in that habit of doing it. I mean, in my own life, and it's not that I was always drunk all the time. I mean, but in my struggles with alcohol, and one of the things that was really challenging when I did make this decision was asking God, God, help me just walk away from this stuff. Right is you come to realize that it didn't matter what I was doing. If you're going to go bowling, there's going to be rounds going to be bought. If you went golfing, who's got the cooler? If you went fishing, if a family activity, it, it just, just didn't matter what you were going to do. You know, people will plan their weekends around which club are they going to go to. Right. Um, and you're not going to go there and have just soda water. Right. Uh, where we're going to go, what wine are we going to go? Which band are we going to go see? What are we going to, we build our life. It's such an ingrained part of life that you don't even see how much control it has over you. Right. And, this and that's is, what I think is a big, and so it has something to do with somebody person that I got to have, that I got to have this drink to be around you. No, no, the, the sickness has come to where we have been, we have been deceived by it. We, the, 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 the seductiveness of it, the, the sexiness of going out and just being cool. And I think the big thing now I see out there in social media, everybody's talking about all these different types of whiskeys that they have. And they just, right. they, they post these cool pictures of these glasses with a couple ice cubes and this age bourbon barrels, what I'm, you know, and, and they got a cigar too, or something like it's like, it's like the cool thing, you right. know? And it's like, you're, 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 you're with it. And everybody else is kind of like a little, you know, yeah, you're not as cool. So you, so cool. you got to be, yeah, too cool for school. I exactly. I look at this kind of stuff, and my attitude's always been the same. If if you, it's sad to me that you can't have fun without it because I look at life as such a beautiful thing. I look at life and my friends, and you know the opportunities I have. Man, I don't need it. I'd rather be on a natural high. And so I do Die. think that you have to rethink it because. To me, the only person that drunkenness looks good to are other people who are drunk. When you're sober and you're around that, oh, you're, yeah. it's, 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 it's silly fun. looking. It's, it you feel like it turns you into an instant babysitter because now you're, okay, I got to watch out because they're not you know 100% there with me right now. Mm-hmm. And you, you tend to not really trust what's coming out of their mouths and not really sure you know, if they're totally cognizant of what they're saying. So you take everything with a grain of salt and those are, that's not the way I want to have my conversations. Like, to be honest with you, like, that's not, that's not the way I really want to talk to somebody. I want to talk to somebody who's sober, somebody who's rational and somebody we can have a good time for good time's sake, not having to enhance it. I remember one time I saw somebody that had a post and, and everything was around and was beautiful. Spouse, beautiful. Weather's beautiful. The scenery around them is beautiful. And boom, I got to have alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, no, that's where I disagree because the, the weather's beautiful because the, the scenery is beautiful because your spouse is beautiful. No, you don't need it actually, because 
having it's only doling you it's only actually doling your senses to the keen beauty that's right there but here's one thing they said steve and i, I thought this was interesting i think it's something really worth thinking about high-risk drinking is defined as this three drinks more than three drinks in a day <laughs> is high with they for your health health wise for your health high-risk drinking is more than three in a day and seven in a week for women would be high risk. So high risk defined as more than three drinks in a day or seven a week. Now that's for women is on the rise among women about 58% according to a 2017 study compared to the habits from 2000 to 2002 and 2012 to 2013. More and more people are drinking. And so I look at that and say more than three in a day. There's probably plenty of people that have more than three in a day and more than seven in a week. And I think that people don't realize that, listen, this probably is killing brain cells. You're not getting back. Brain cells do not rejuvenate themselves. You kill them. They're not coming back. How many brain cells do you want to kill? These are the kind of questions I would ask. Now, I'm not saying in moderation that it's going to hurt you, but you started getting more than that. You started getting dependent on it. Like I can't deal with life. I can't cope with life unless I've got some alcohol. I, I think that's definitely not a positive direction. Oh, sure. I mean, I think some of these things is, you know, we're always in denial about what it's doing or whether or not you're fat because you eat, you know, you eat too much sugar and you you overeat or whatever, or whether you're, you know, we have literature even on celebrate recovery. I still be able to come say, hey, here are some things you can look at will help you determine, are you showing some signs of alcoholism? Right. And these are, to me, are like some of these signs that people are in just total denial about. Like what are they? What would they, what would they be? Well, it would be this. How much okay. do you drink? How often do you do it? Have you ever drank to a blackout? Have you ever, you know, all these types of right. things that you may, well, but I've only done that once or twice back when, but, but you're continuing to drink. I, these are all like things that, you know, kind of come and present things to people. Am I going to be honest with myself? How is this really affecting my life? You know, because I think most people that are really bent towards trouble, um, I don't see where, it, I, to me, I don't even see where alcohol ever improved my life in one day. Right. In fact, it did quite the opposite. Brilliant point. I, I think that is <laughs> that is a great point. What, how, this is, because this is a lot, like, I'm a very one plus one equals two kind of thinker. I tend to like to think through things, wonder about things, and I've often wondered, how is it, how, why would I want to do this if I don't in fact think it's going to improve my life right. and it can hurt? Because you never, like you see all these people you're saying on social media, putting up whiskey shots. Okay. So they're going to put up these different things. This is so cool. Or they put up a glass of wine. It's so cool. When was the last time you see you saw someone put, Hey, I got a Joe's iced tea. I got a uh, Snapple came out with a new flavor. I really like pure life leaf iced tea. And they get all excited about it. They don't. No, they don't. And there's a reason for that, Steve. There's a a reason for it. There's more than taste involved here. This is not about having a taste. Oh, this is about having a buzz. That's 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 what it's about. Let's be totally honest. I mean, I've tried every form of alcohol under the sun and alcohol isn't something that a kid picks up and say, boy, that's delicious. Right. You, you, you have to force yourself to acquire this taste. And, right. say, and in fact, why do you think mixed drinks are so popular? Because it hides a nasty taste of the alcohol. Right. If I can make it more fruity and more, you know, kind of hide it with some lemonade, right. or if I can hide it with some pop, or if I, why? Right. Because it's, it's, it's almost repulsive to the body. Right. And it's like, but 
we're going to do it anyway. Right. Because it's going to somehow make you feel good because you can't feel good enough on your own. And this is the question I've always had. Now, listen, I was 12 years old. There's there's this guy and I looked up to him. He's working at my dad's gas station. So I'm 12. He's probably, let's say 18 to 21 somewhere. And he's on this thing and he would say stuff like, you know, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I'm on a natural high, man. I'm on a natural high. And I hear him talk about this stuff and think, well, that's how I want to be. I just want to enjoy life for what it is not have to get myself into a stupor to actually enjoy life because at this point I'm not enjoying life anymore. I'm probably more making a clown of myself and we have seen the devastating results of it, you know, where people are under the influence. And I like how it says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit because being drunk on wine leads to debauchery, man. It leads to stupid decisions. It leads to bad calls. It leads to DUIs. It leads to health problems. There's a problem. And I'm not saying every Christian or individual has to decide on their own whether they want to consume alcohol or they don't. And I think that we should leave people alone when it comes to it. Right. But drunkenness is clearly wrong. Drunk, yeah, drunk there is no is doubt right. about it. If you're getting drunk and you are starting to be not yourself because you are under the influence of alcohol, it is clearly influencing you to make poor decisions. Oh, absolutely. And we've think, all seen it. I think about just peer pressure out there. You know, I think about what P, you know, Peter writes in First Peter. You know, he says, they think it's strange that you don't jump into the same flood of dissipation. Right. That they are. In other words, that's a, you, don't, you, don't drunk, you don't jump into this drunkenness. That you don't jump into this debauchery. They right. think it's strange that you don't do that. And the world looks at you kind of funny like that. You know, if you don't go out or if you don't have the beer or you're not... Just come and, hey, come right. and have a glass or have a shot or have it. And people, the world people will think that you, if the Christian even try, or any, not, I shouldn't just say Christian. I'm not implying everybody that drinks has a problem or anything. I don't want to do any of that. But at the same time, I go, man, it's just, it's just weird how, it, again, it the influence from the outside and... I don't know. It's I know, me, but it's these, just, are, it's these are like the heroes for some people. Like if Isaiah 5.22, woe to those who are heroes of drinking wine and championship mixing drinks. And you were talking about having to mix drinks to make them fruity or whatever, and this this drink, and, and we made this special drink. And woe to those people who are champions of that. They, they, we would look at them as that's the champion, the person who can make the tastiest drink and all that. He's like, that's a whoa, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's like yeah. this is Isaiah the prophet. He's like, dude, that's a whoa. I mean, I love that's James like, Bond, right? What is right. it? You get him his martini, but but, but shaken, not stirred, right? right? I mean, right. you know, so it's like all these types of things, all these uh, little we've built into the culture that these are the cool things to do or, right. you know, and if anybody has ever had a, I mean, a gin, I used to like gin, you know, right. a little, I'm just saying, you, but really you're, you're, you're making yourself drink right. this stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it, it's to get a piece and like any type of, of sin or vice, it wants more and more of your life overeating, laziness, anything. It wants more and more of you. You start getting into inertia. I've been starting to force myself to do more push-ups because I'm coming out of the winter and I'm clearly not used to doing physical things, <laughs> clearly. And I'm like, my body does not want to do it. Like, because why? Because that inertia is taking more and more of a hold of me and I'm trying to break out of it. I think drinking takes more and more a hold of people's lives, just like any other type oh, of thing absolutely. like that. And, and at some point, you might want to look at your life and say, I'm a little bit too dependent. Now, this is true of social media. This is, And we'll do another podcast well, I, on I that. Think, it's true of social media and a lot of things. Some of these things are eating into us more than they should. And unfortunately, alcohol is one of those things, and sometimes drugs too, is that it, it removes your natural inhibitions. Right. You know, so it starts to make you do things that in your normal mind, which is why I think God defines it as sin is because, hey, man, when you've affected your sobriety, when you have taken down these your natural inhibitions, you have altered your state of being. I think it's what God 
finds it a sin because you, you, you're, you becoming some, I didn't make you. Right. And you have altered your state of mind. You have altered your state of being. You're doing things you wouldn't naturally do. You would be embarrassed. Right. To let some of your friends right. or even your kids see what you're doing. Right. Well, when you when you drank so much, like there was a story years ago on a cruise ship, this couple gets married, they were drinking so much, she went to bed with somebody else. <sighs> and yeah. I'm like, and that's what happened. And he ended up dead. So who knows what happened to him, whether he came in, he didn't like, uh, obviously, yeah. somehow he got pitched out the window. So no one ever could prove what exactly happened to the dude. But to me, you're putting yourself at risk. You see some of the things where a young lady gets killed down in Florida it's risky behavior and you have to look at it and realize, listen, this is risky behavior. I love the Proverbs passage, 23, uh, 29 through 35. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to the sample bowls of mixed wine, do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly in the end, it bites like a snake, poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights. Your mind will imagine confusing things. You'll be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? I've seen the, I've seen this exact thing. Guy oh, yeah. uh, at the neighbor's house rolls his four-wheelers. He's bleeding. His shirt's all tore up. I don't even feel it. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> today, you right will now. tomorrow. <laughs> you will you will tomorrow. I had someone with a kayak last year helping a buddy of mine. And that person to me had been, uh, you know, there are a lot of beer cans came out of that kayak. And I'm like, I'm like they're going to feel that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, they're not feeling it right now because they're dulled to pain uh, because of the act of drinking. And it's just, yeah, it's just silliness to me. It's like, trust me, when I go out in that lake, it's good enough. Man, that oh, beauty is good enough. I don't need anything else. I think God has given us plenty of joy right here on this planet. Well, that's why I got to say, I like that when wisdom's here to talk about, you know, some of the deception that happens, you know, it's, it goes down smooth, but man, it bites like a snake. You know what I mean? And you, I think about the toilet bowl confessions, people in the past have hugged those toilet bowls, puking, feeling like crap, God, never again. And then next week they're right back in the same spot, you know, because where can I get that right. drink? And, you know, wisdom just mocks the attitude of, the, the, the drunkard you right. know what i mean because it's like man, you don't even see how far your nonsense is taking your right. thinking right and how much it has deceived you and it and it is it is biting you right it is poisoning you i i, I think it's just the sheer money um i think of the money i've blown um on alcohol right it, it's just it's it i'd like to have some of that back today yeah well, can there- i get it back you know? I think too, Steve, I think that we accept certain behaviors as normal because we've always seen it and, and we just accept that. Well, that's just how it is. Like college people getting drunk and treating the women like they're objects. I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I don't think it's right. I never did think it was right. I still don't think it's right. Our society looks at it as right. Our society looks at it. If a young lady, you take a young lady out, you should be able to sleep with her and use her body for your own satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Wrong. That's wrong. That's clearly wrong. And but because we've conditioned our young ladies to think this way, we've conditioned our society. This is how it is. Everyone just goes along with it like a bunch of sheep. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we know we're full of sheep because look at COVID itself and it tells you how sheep like we actually are. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to alcohol, I think it is another sheep type thing where, hey, I think it is, it's well worth challenging your thinking on this. It's well worth challenging yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to abstain 100%, but I'm saying 
it shouldn't be. And I have abstained. I mean, I have made that choice because we have a ministry to do alcoholics because of the things I've seen in my family and how many alcoholics there are in the family tree. Yeah, I have stayed away from it for my own choices because I just don't want it to be something that dominates my life. And I know how all in I am. I know what I my personality, every, every one of you around me knows how I am about things. And I don't want that to be one of the things I'm all about, you know? So believe me, my mouth has been watering with the black jelly beans around here this, this right? Easter <laughs> season. And dude, I've been ought, trying to refrain. You ought to see the liquor or something like oh, that's right now. Dude, Black I'm telling you. I think, I, think like, I think about like the instant gratification of that, right. or you think it's like the alcohol. It's, it's all those things. I mean, again, it's just a matter of saying, hey, I think about even smoking, because I smoked as well for a long time. And right. and, and I, I just, I, one of the things, I just couldn't believe how much it all owned me. Right. I think the one thing that was a dawning revelation to me was how much all these things owned me. Right. To where I was really a truly a slave to it. Right. And it's like, you know what? It was good when I finally put those cigarettes. And I didn't have to worry about in the summertime when I got my shorts on and a t-shirt. I don't, I don't got to worry about crushing that pack of cigarettes. Or where's my lighter? Or or I got to worry about grabbing who's got the cooler. Or I don't have to worry about all that stupid stuff anymore because I'm free. Right. And to me, that is life. Right. No, I agree. I, I think it's a good thing that you did get away from it and you had uh, to get away from it and oh, you don't yeah. miss it. And just like other people I've talked to, I talked to a guy who used to be uh, heavy duty in the alcohol and I asked him about how it was for him, uh, especially because he's associated where he works. There's a bar there. He said, dude, I don't miss it. He goes, I thought I would. I don't miss it. I don't miss it one bit. No, and no. I think this is the, the experience that I've had with people who break away from it. They really find they don't miss it. But anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope that it's been helpful. Uh, praying for you. You all have a great and a blessed week.